You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hi there, guys and ghouls. It's me, Elvira, the queen of Halloween. And tonight, I'm having my Halloween party right here at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Rosemary's Baby, Saturday night at 11. Have you checked the children? children, children? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Bring some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. Give me back my head! Give me back my head! That the power of Christ compels you! It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're here. Here's Johnny! It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Sponsored by... Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X? The trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zave, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? 
Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us, saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. Up front, I want to apologize for the quality of my voice this episode. I am fighting a cold, and I am playing hurt, so please bear with me. Thanks for your understanding. In this episode is our very first, very special episode, and one that I've been looking forward to for a long time now. There's something for everyone here, I hope, but but seeing how this is a very special episode, please don't expect to hear any sort of moral lesson about underage drinking or not trying marijuana cigarettes for the first time or avoiding a certain bicycle shop on Park Avenue with Arnold Drummond. No, this episode is our Gen X tribute to all things spooky, scary, and fun about Halloween. So if you like reminiscing about weird music videos, horror films, and celebrating Halloween, then this is an episode you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save Generation X for future generations today with the material we cover with our very first ever husband and wife contestants. I'm thrilled to have my two guests on the show today. Please welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Hi, Chris. And Chris will be playing against his wife and former high school classmate of mine. Please welcome Aaliyah. Hello, I'm Aaliyah, wife to this guy, and I'm ready to play so much better than him. And I'm looking forward to whooping his butt. (laughs) (laughs) But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds of games. The winner of each of the first two rounds will receive an advantage in the following round, and the player who wins round three will win a chance at today's fabulous prize. Some of the prizes of the show have been better than others, but this episode is one that I think we can all agree lives up to the word fabulous. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. You know, guys, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the first game of the day. This is a game we call the Facts of Life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic, and players must compete to identify them on the top 10 list. An incorrect answer could get you a strike, and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of round one will be awarded the power. The power. Which is a position that will grant them advantages throughout the show. So no points are awarded in round one, but having the power is a great advantage in each round. I've got the power. Now. <laughs> All right, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> wrong song, but that's okay. <laughs> and, 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 and. <laughs> that just proves like setting the tone for how I'm going to do in this game. <laughs> Thought I could help. <laughs> We'd like to have a word with you about your box of chocolates entitled the Wizzo Quality Assortment. Oh, yes. If I may begin at the beginning. First, there is the cherry fondue. Now, this is extremely nasty. But we can't prosecute you for that. Agreed. If you grew up in Generation X, you might remember trick-or-treating began when mom and dad got home from work, and it ended when all the candy ran out. For the next few hours, we were transformed from mild-mannered school kids to Han Solo, Princess Leia, a witch, or a ninja. We couldn't breathe through the plastic Wonder Woman and He-Man masks we wore, but who cared? Repping our favorite superheroes was worth withholding oxygen from our brains. Sure, our costumes were fire hazards and made of weird crinkling noises when we walked, but did it matter? No, not when we had all the candy to collect. I didn't know a single kid in my school that didn't look forward to Halloween, especially trick-or-treating. When you trick-or-treated in the 80s, you had two choices of which to collect your candy swag win, either a pillowcase or a plastic pumpkin. 
It didn't really matter in the end, so long as we got as much candy to sort out at the end of the night and for our parents to steal as soon as we went to bed. Jerks. Sometimes the candy was full-sized and awesome, but other times we got the most disgusting items dropped in our pillowcases known to man. The not knowing what you were going to get was part of the fun and excitement of trick-or-treating, even if it was something foul. This episode's Facts of Life's list asks you, what are the worst treats to get on Halloween when trick-or-treating when you were a kid? One could argue that these items were inedible, but not everything on this list were intended to be eaten. We had over 500 responses to this question in our Gen X group on Facebook, and here are their replies. So tell me, what are the worst treats to get on Halloween when trick-or-treating during Generation X? We flip the coin backstage to see who goes first. And Chris, you won the coin flip. Chris, Ah, get us started. Okay, let's do this. Please tell them the story about handing out (laughs) raw meat. I know that's not on the list. No, we're go getting- ahead. Well, basically, not even really a story. We were just happened to be doing uh, the little cubes of meat in the hot oil. That it's a you know it's like the Swedish cheese thing. Same thing. Fondue. Beef stew. Well, beef it's a stew but chunks. it's it's a small little pot about the same size. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And and you're just boiling one little piece of meat at a time. But it cooks the meat, and then you dip it in your sauce. And and we ran out of candy, and we thought it'd be hilarious if we gave out. <laughs> Raw cubes of meat. And, and was it hilarious? <laughs> we thought it was, but we it didn't take much to make us laugh. Well, that was the trick in the trick-or-treat, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a friend growing up who was a dare I say bad influence on me. We handed out candy one year and uh we ran out of candy as well. We put dog treats in the kids' bag yeah. as they get that that was that was about the worst thing I did. I think you have me beat though with the raw meat. I think we can all agree yeah, on that. you know like well it was a one-time thing i was young i, I was too young to be drunk <laughs> i can't i can't use that <laughs> well i can tell you dog treats and cubes of meat are not on this list but chris why don't you tell me what you think is on the list you could get an apple with a razor blade that's my answer apple Number five on the list, with or without the razor blade, it's still a crappy thing to get on Halloween. That was always the big urban myth. Yeah. I bet bet only one person ever got a razor blade in their apple and it just spread like wildfire. It only took one. Yeah. Okay. No strikes so far. Aaliyah, over to you. All right. Well, I could change that right now. (laughs) I would think, how about I did not like getting pencils. There, there's several things on this list that are inedible. And pencil was number 19 on the list. So that's strike one for you, Aaliyah. You said 19 earlier. As soon as I heard pencil, I knew that was a loser. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Pencil, in your defense, Aaliyah, pencil is a crappy thing to get on Halloween. But there are uh, nine other things on this list. It's more middle of the road, really. Yeah. Okay, so that's only one strike, Aaliyah. No problem. Chris, back to you. And the only reason I'm cruel is because you think you're going to be whooping my butt. Just go already. Okay. So another one, one of the worst things you could get. Well, a penny. Penny or coins? Number three on the list. There we go. Boom. Chris, you're killing it. Aaliyah, a little pressure now. But there's Um, eight other things. There's eight things. You can do this. Okay. How about, oh, well, I hated coconut. Any candy with coconut was always a real bummer for me. Well, Almond Joy <laughs> is on the list. That's number 22, however. I'm sorry, Aaliyah. <laughs> that should be higher. I agree. But when you hear the other things on the list, I think you'll agree that there's worse things to eat with, than Almond Joy. Well, <laughs> she just opened a floodgate of ideas for me. So I'm going to go oh. with Black Licorice final answer. Oh. Black Licorice, number eight on the list. 
Oh my gosh. Chris, you're you're <laughs> continuing your dominance. Okay, hold on one sec. <laughs> <laughs> Aaliyah sucks. <laughs> Everybody dance now. <laughs> Once again, that's the wrong song, Aaliyah. <laughs> Give us an answer off this top 10 list, please. I can't end <laughs> so early. Embarrassing. There's tons okay. of things to pick from. Okay. Strikes, the pressure's on. Get an answer okay. here or you strike out. Conjure the memories of dumping that, that pillowcase <laughs> onto the floor and sorting out that candy. Here's the stuff you're going to eat, the stuff you're going to give to the dog. Okay. How about a spinning top? This is like, you know, when the fifth person in Family Feud answers, <laughs> and you know, it's just going to be crap. Excuse my friend. <laughs> I think that's my favorite comment on this show. <laughs> oh. Are you going with top, Aaliyah? Or you... <laughs> Chris, you're going to be nice I, and give her a little chance to change her answer. I the 30s instead. I really do not want top. You want a hoop and a stick, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need a can to play uh, kick the can or like... <laughs> Well, I cannot think of anything. It's not just not candy. There's, <laughs> there's edible things and there's inedible things. I'm trying to help you, Aaliyah. No, I appreciate it very much. And I am clearly in desperate need, please. Yeah, number one and number two are still on the list. Okay. Can we just go straight to the Halloween movies? <laughs> you you got to give it a okay, shot. Okay, I am. Yeah. How about... Wait a second. Crack. Wait a second. Okay, honey, no. Ruby, you, you, can, you, you want to phone a friend, Aaliyah? I know, seriously. You want to ask your daughter? She's right there. No, seriously. Ruby, what is the worst thing you can get in your trick-or-treating bag? Toothbrush. A toothbrush. A toothbrush or an apple. We already said an apple. apple. Toothbrush. Number seven on the list. Way to go, Ruby. Clearly, I cannot. Ruby did it. Good job, Ruby. Mom is completely clueless about (laughs) some stuff. We'll make it fair, Chris. You can you can ask Bonnie, uh, your other daughter, if if you get stuck. Okay, I'll, I'll save her as a phone a friend for a minute. Okay, back to you, Chris. Let, let's try. Let's go peanut style and say a rock. I was shocked. Nobody on Facebook ever said a rock is a bad thing to get on Halloween. I'm like, didn't you guys watch? It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah, a rock did not make the survey, Chris. That's your first strike. All right, Liz, you got two strikes. And plenty of chances. Oh, man. But you, you got momentum now. Rough, man, this is rough. Okay. Do I get to phone a friend again? I mean, you have another daughter. Because <laughs> I have twins. Bonnie, what is the worst thing you could find in your trick-or-treating bag? And it's not against the law. <laughs> like cubes of meat. Raisins. Raisins. Final answer. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Raisins, the number one answer on the list. Congratulations, boy. I am so good at this game. Raisins, number one. (laughs) Okay, back to me, huh? Yeah. I'm going to go with, you know, the orange wedges that are covered in sugar that are totally disgusting. Orange wedges that are like covered in sugar. That's what you're saying? Yeah, you know, like. I know what you're saying. I'm sorry. The orange wedges did not make the survey. That's strike two, Chris. Two strikes apiece. Aaliyah, you're out of lifelines because you're out of daughters. You need to give me an answer. Win or go home right here. Okay, here we go. Win okay. or beat it, loser. Oh, me. I'm going, to, since I've done so well and been so successful at this round. Me and Ruby. I am going to do, no, I like Silly Putty. Did they put Silly Putty ever in our trick-or-treating bag? <laughs> I can't like, answer for you, Aaliyah. I think you're genuinely surprised that I I'm think so clueless like, on uh, this You've already had two other people play your game for you. I'm not going to add them to that list. I am going to go with an empty wrapper. 
That would be a real your favorite candy, and there's nothing in it. Your, ch- your children are asking you not to make that your answer. <laughs> All right. Mom, no. I'm sorry, Leah. <laughs> Empty plastic wrapper of your favorite candy did not make the list. Mm. That is your third strike. That means you, Chris, you've won round one. And that means you have the power. The power is yours. I've got the power. Bam, 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 now. We'll run down the top 10 list here. Number 10 was religious pamphlets. You ever got uh, Christian tracks you know, or whatever? I actually was going to say that, but I couldn't think of it being a, a fortune cookie note. <laughs> or fortune cookie and religious track aren't quite the same thing, but I can see why you might get them confused. I think my dad handed those out one year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Fortune cookies? No, Very religious tracks. Right. Why are you going to hell? Number nine was candy corn. I was going to say candy corn. I love candy corn. I'm not a fan of candy corn. Number eight was about black licorice. Seven was toothbrushes or dental floss. Number six was not said, which was popcorn balls. Yeah. Those are, yeah, it's like, uh, I'm not going to eat that thing. You made that in your kitchen. Who knows what happened? Pretty much anything in a sandwich bag was off limits. (laughs) Yeah. Number five was apples or fruit. Number four, which was not said, was the peanut butter or maple black and orange wrapped mystery candies from hell. You know, those things are just these nondescript black and orange plain wrapped candies. You know, they had nothing written on them. Yeah. And they tasted like um, something I can't see on the show. (laughs) Number three was pennies and coins. Two, which was not said, was circus peanuts. That's for circus peanuts. Like kind of the marshmallow things are formed in the shape of a peanut. They're kind of that orangey oh, kind of color those are horrible yeah 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 they're Anything not really candy. out of that material okay. it's like flavored styrofoam <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number one which was your daughter who said raisins was number one yeah yeah some of the other fun answers we got on the facebook group include neko wafers yeah spider rings mcdonald's gift certificates remember getting those in halloween yeah. and my favorite answer of all was leftover easter candy yeah that's a bummer Number four, number four, crunchy frog. Yes. Am I right in thinking there's a real frog in here? Uh, Yes, a little one. (laughs) What sort of frog? Uh, A dead frog. (laughs) Is it cooked? No. (laughs) What, a raw frog? Well, don't you even take the bones out? If we took the bones out, it wouldn't be crunchy, would it? Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X on the show. And to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. That is, apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X and what might potentially disqualify you from being Gen X? Welcome to the show. Aaliyah, please tell us a little bit about yourself and please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. Gen X qualifiers, I would say Lost Boys was always my all-time favorite movie forever. In fact, I I still have a Lost Boys poster and Chris actually got me a German one in recent years. And I decided I was too old to have a Lost Boys framed German picture in our living room. So we agreed on these ones, which for some reason seems more more mature than the Lost Boys. No one can see you pointing on this audio podcast. We have 50s movie posters on our walls. I still probably dress the same as I did 
from when I was younger. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still wear Converse and Levi's. How I'm a fun-loving mom of twins, PTA president, and hairstylist. <laughs> Does that I, work? I think that's the first combo of that we've had on the show. So, hey, you can check that box. <laughs> oh, don't forget... Uh, Black belt. Yeah. Well, what about uh, what about your dad, Aaliyah? Didn't he have connections to Credit Kid in some way? Oh, yes. Oh, is that a good Gen X qualifier? That that's is pretty a, solid. That's a very right good. Yeah, I would think you. so. So yes, we were part of filming for Karate Kid one <laughs> and three, and so Karate Kid one was a real karate tournament. My dad was a real referee and he did have a speaking part in Karate Kid, but they covered it with the You're the Best song. <laughs> his his one line got cut out? Yep, he asked uh, Elizabeth Shue and uh, Ralph Macchio's mom to, if they could please have a seat. <laughs> That's his one line? <laughs> That's his one line. But yes, they, they show him doing it with the music over. That was when karate was big back, you know, because of the Karate Kid. So we went to countless viewings of the Karate Kid to pass out studio flyers for my dad's studio, which is still there to this day same location so yes that's a that's a big qualifier i i forget stuff like that oh dad, and that is, was on romper room doing karate is your dad in the movie though does he get screen time in karate kid yeah yeah who is he in the movies for the listeners oh he was just one of the referees was he in the final match was he that referee or was he no no that was another i can't remember his name but no he was not the main my dad has had blonde hair or has blonde hair sorry dad it's it's not gray <laughs> it's still very blonde he like chuck norris with the bowl cut no a little bit he did not have a bowl cut hope he doesn't want to beat me up <laughs> Yes. He's in like, a, actually, there's earlier fight scenes, not the final fight scenes. Thank you. Was your dad the referee when uh, Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds was fighting in that tournament? If you look up the uh, YouTube video, You're the Best Karate Kid, you'll see my dad like six or eight times. I see. Yeah. It's too bad we, your dad's not there. We could get him to recite the lines and kind of write that wrong that the editors <laughs> from the movie made. Yeah, he ended up your dad's speaking part. Excuse me, ma'am. Could you have a seat, please? <laughs> that, that would be it. <laughs> and Aaliyah, what are your disqualifiers? Disqualifiers. You know, coming, ending up with a, a like skateboarder, older punk rock guy. I was Why never. Why did I say older? Well, because it's true. <laughs> I was never into punk rock music, really. Like I always like, like my thing is like Tori Amos. Like I would have gone to the Little Fair, like uh -huh. that kind of stuff. But so if you could take me out of like, any kind of punk rock equation, even though like I pretended to like that music, it was not my thing. <laughs> not my thing. Well, judges, are we going to allow Aaliyah to remain on the show? Congratulations, <laughs> Aaliyah. You've made it. Thank you. Ooh, it was close. <laughs> that Karate Kid sold it right there. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. If your dad's in Karate Kid, you're, you're automatically included into Gen X, I think. Well, I was technically, you could see me for one split second. And then Karate Kid 3, I, we did the filming. That was actually a filming. And my big, I've seen it many times to see if I could find, you know, at least like a part of my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one scene at the end where a guy, the guy like takes a t-shirt and just chucks it into the audience. And I was in the audience and it hit me right in the face and wrapped around my face. In the movie, Karate Kid 3? 
It wasn't in the, it didn't make the movie, but every time he throws that shirt, I know that I was on the other end of that shirt (laughs) getting hit in the face. So yes. That's probably the best Gen X qualifier we've had. (laughs) It is a nice little story. Mm -hmm. Well, you lost round one, Leah, but you've won the introductions. (laughs) I'm showing promise. You've won our hearts. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show, Aaliyah. And let's meet more properly, Chris, Aaliyah's husband. Welcome to the show. Give us a quick bit about yourself and please include your Gen X credentials and disqualifiers. Okay. Well, here's Chris Katz for you. 1966, a young boy is born (laughs) in West Covina. Yeah, I'm 55 now. Here I am living in Fullerton where I've been since 1975. I've been into just about everything. Like I might have a couple qualifiers that work like skateboarding and being into like Bones Brigade and all that. (laughs) You know, like uh, we were heavily into that. We built our own, our own ramps and competed and did all that, you know, skated castle contest. Made a lot of lifelong friends and we still see them skating today. It's pretty cool. All us old guys. Also, like we're, you know, I've been in the punk rock scene, like in a band since like 93 or something. In one band or another, usually playing somewhere in, like locally. And once we had kids, I said, you know, that's a bunch of silliness. So I stopped doing it. And Fun's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's like, a, you know, you got to reprioritize a bit, right? Sure. I think skateboarding is probably the most Gen X thing. It is. I mean, pretty much, right? our generation didn't invent skateboarding, right? It was before our, our generation. However, I think we kind of personified it. You know, there was no such thing as a skater until we came around. You know, nobody found their identity in skating. There wasn't a culture around it. There wasn't clothes you could wear that would identify you as, as someone who enjoyed it. Or the skating culture really took off 80s and 90s, I'd say. I would say totally, yeah. I mean, no one had gleamed the cube before. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and what are your disqualifiers? Well, like, uh, what would you can, help me out with some disqualifiers? Because it's kind of a I can help neb- you out. nebulous. Can you? Yeah. The great I mean, beard. You you barely made it in, bro. Like you know, know. there you go. You're 55 well, years old, man. You're yeah. one of the older Gen X Gen Xers we could hope for. But you know what? I, I've we thought about this. Like <laughs> when I think Gen X, like music-wise, pop music-wise, popular, I think Beastie Boys, right? So the Beastie Boys in age are actually my age, one year older, and one year younger. So I'm dead in the middle of that Beastie Boys group. Bam. <laughs> Your Beastie Boys sandwich. Yeah. And I'm loving it. No way. Judges, can we allow Chris to remain on the show? Please. They're, they're telling me just barely, but congratulations. You're in the channel. You're in the show. Me. Just barely. Round two. Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try to make their case through loud arguments and putting those judges in their place. The player who currently has the power, which is you, Chris, gets to choose between two questions to answer. Players take turns answering the questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, But more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they might be. 
So if you don't know the answer, try and make something up and try and make it entertaining, or you're going to get slimed and get a point taken away. The winner of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that both of you will be playing in round three. However, the player who has the power at the end of this round will go first in round three, which is a huge advantage. So Chris, you have the power and you get to choose between these two questions. Will it be the breakfast cereal that makes you grow a pink tail, which is a food slash culture question, or will it be kill, 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 ma, 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 which is a movie question? Uh, let's go kill, kill, kill. And then we'll play the game. Friday the 13th is a 1980 American independent slasher film that follows a group of teenage camp counselors who are murdered one by one by an unknown killer while attempting to reopen an abandoned summer camp. What is the name of the antagonist in the first Friday the 13th movie? Okay. There's no multiple choice on this one. You got to know it. So that would be Jason. Jason Voorhees is incorrect. Mm. Aaliyah, you have a chance to steal this question and get it. Jump out of the lead. Uh, Jason's mom, Mrs. Jason, (laughs) actually purposely just watched this movie and I cannot remember the mom's name, but I do remember killer mommy, that lady. (laughs) Judges, that is correct. Well done. Point of parliamentary procedure. Okay. <laughs> you, you said antagonist. Yes. So I would argue he is the general antagonist of the movie. Everyone thinks Jason's killing me. Not Jason's the first one. Me. Nobody knows about Jason in the first one. Oh, they, they just, don't? No, they're just going to the camp uh, to... to don't okay. they hear about Jason? No, do hear there about was a Jason. drowning at the lake and then they go to... They're going to reopen it. Someone's been renovating it. And so they send out a team and they're like enjoying the place and they're all getting murdered. And then they, the one girl figures out it's the mom and she's nuts. But then at the end of the movie, Jason comes out of the lake. Maybe. That that used to scare (laughs) me. Yeah. Jason was the victim in the first movie. Yes. Yeah. He drowned. All right. Yeah. That's why it's a trivia game show. The killer in the Friday the 13th movie. That's pretty, pretty much a layup. It's gotta be a twist to it. Right. Pamela Voorhees was her name. It was never uh-huh. said in, in the first movie. Aaliyah. Oh, That's why you couldn't okay. remember her name. <laughs> Mrs. Jason. Yeah, Mrs. Jason or Mrs. Voorhees works That's just fine. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Jason's one. mom was the original killer in the 1980s slasher classic. Jason Voorhees didn't show up with his machete becoming the main series antagonist until the sequel a year later. Yeah. Betsy Palmer was asked to reprise her role as Pamela Voorhees for a Freddy vs. Jason film but turned it down after she read the script. Good move. To keep the audience guessing on who the killer was, Mrs. Voorhees was actually played by stuntmen. In the uncut version of the film, Pamela's hands are seen groping about in the air in front of the camera after Alice beheads her. These are actually the stuntman's hands, and it has become a joke among crew members that Pamela Voorhees has exceptionally hairy knuckles. So that's one point for you, Aaliyah. And more importantly, you have stolen the power. Right. She took the power. Everybody dance. <laughs> okay, Aaliyah, this question for you. You get this one right, you're going to take a commanding three-point lead. This okay. question is called, The Breakfast Cereal That Makes You Grow a Pink Tail. This is a food or culture question. In March of 1991, General Mills released the first two brands of Monster Cereal line. The chocolate-flavored Count Chocula and the strawberry-flavored Frankenberry. Later, three more brands and mascots were released. 
And now some of these are only available during the Halloween season. Which of the following is not a monster cereal mascot? This is multiple choice. Is it A, Booberry? B, Chuckle the Blob? C, Fruit Brute? Or D, Yummy Mummy? Fruit Brute. <laughs> Fruit Brute is incorrect. Mm. That was one of the mascots. Ah. Chris, can you steal this, steal a point, and get the power right back? Yes. I knew Fruit Brute was a bad call on her part. <laughs> so I shook my head silently. Oh, my gosh. What is so the answer? <laughs> the answer. Yeah, I'm sure this is all get cut out anyways. Okay. <laughs> the answer is Chocolate the Blob. Chocolate the Blob is correct. See, That's- if they already have Count Chocula, why would they have Chocolate the Blob? I should have done that one. Chocolate the Blob. It was Chocolate, not Chocolate the Blob. <laughs> That's not a chocolate flavored. It's blob flavored. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Chuckle the Blob is the mascot for the 1982 chocolate chips cereal, Captain Crunch, Choco Crunch. That's hard to say. In February of 1972, Frankenberry cereal included an indigestible pigment that turned some children's poop pink, a symptom sometimes referred to as Frankenberry stool. The Frankenberry recipe was reformulated to remove the pigment, now they just need to reformulate Captain Crunch to no longer slice open the roof of kids' mouths. I was a big fan of peanut butter Captain Crunch. Oh, I'll yeah. Tell you. That was my go-to. Don't be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel, here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. Ah! Frankenberry. You took back the control of the power, Chris. That means you get to pick between these two questions. Sweet. Will it be, I ain't afraid of no cameo, which is a music video question. Or will it be, Tom Petty says, let them eat cake, which is also a music video question. Let's go, Tom Petty. It's not just scary movies that freaked us out during Generation X. Some music videos were just as creepy and memorable. What is the name of the trippy video in which Tom Petty has an Alice in Wonderland theme featuring the singer dressed as the Mad Hatter, who serves up Alice after she's been magically transformed into a cake. Okay, it's not a multiple choice, right? Nope. Okay, this one is, hey, don't come around here no more. Hey. <laughs> exactly. That is 100% correct. Yeah. Hey. That's two points for you, Chris. Thank you. The director of the video revealed that the cake scene could have been even more shocking. He said, We had put strawberry jam as a filling into the cake. So when Tom Petty was chopping it up, that kind of red strawberry sauce was going all over the place. It looked more like a slasher thing. But we weren't going to include that in the final piece, end quote. For a brief time, MTV censored the video, but it has nothing to do with Tom and his heartbreakers huddled around poor Alice and eating her as cake. (laughs) When Tom was done gobbling up Alice, they took out the part where he burps at the end of the video. So it's okay to slice her up, but just don't give us that burp, I guess. So that's three points for you, Chris. One point for Aaliyah. This question is for you, Aaliyah. It's called I Ain't Afraid of No Cameo, which is a music video question. I think this will play to her strengths. We'll see. Thanks, honey. This next bit of trivia is our first ever listener submitted question. Listener Robert writes in and asks Which of the following does not have a cameo in the Ghostbusters music video? So tell me who is not, who does not make an appearance in this video. Was it A, Chevy Chase, B, Richard Pryor, 
C, Melissa Gilbert, or D, Terry Gar? I'll say Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert is incorrect. I'm sorry, Aaliyah. Of course it is. Chris, you have a chance <laughs> to steal and get an extra point and take a commanding lead in this game. I'll take a Canadian lead. What? Commanding lead. Eh? Commanding, you hoser. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm all about. Okay, so this video you speak of, a ghost sputters. I can't for the life of me remember watching that video. So I'm going to just say Terry Gar. Final answer. Terry Gar is also incorrect. I'm sorry. Oh, ah. thank God. The correct answer was B, Richard Pryor. Richard uh, Pryor. Yeah, why would he even be there, really? I mean, the guy's probably laughing that we're so dumb. But Chevy Chase, Richard Pryor, and Terry Gar, I think of comedy. And Melissa Gilbert, I don't. Well, if you remember <laughs> that video, there's all kinds of randos just popping in and out of the video. Okay, I got to rewatch that one. Yeah. The whole video was slapped together with cameos from anyone and everyone available with a famous face who was a friend of Ivan Reichman, who was the director of this video. John Candy had no idea what was going on when a camera was shoved in his face and his friend just told him to quote, say Ghostbusters and be funny. George Wentz had a similar story when he stopped over for lunch at Ivan Reichman's office. The scene in Times Square with the cast of the movie all dressed up in their Ghostbusters costume had no permit to shoot the video and nothing was scripted. At 1 p.m. on a Friday in Times Square, they simply told Ray Parker Jr. that Bill Murray and the rest of the guys were his backup dancers and just go. You'd never guess that it was Ivan Reichman's first and only music video he ever directed. Let me tell you about the video. That yeah. was it. We didn't. We were panic stricken when Ivan Reichman says, "But it needs to be longer." And I sort of came up with the idea. I said, "Well, you know, if it's, if you got Dan Aykroyd, if you, if you do the Saturday Night Live guys on it with me, maybe it'll just be a spoof like for Saturday Night Live, and it won't be a serious video. Maybe they won't take it as serious." Then Ivan Reichman took that idea and just ran with. it. He said, "Let's yeah. put everybody in a video." Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I guess that could work. Shout out to our listener, Robert, for supplying this question for the show. Robert, you're doing your part to save Generation X. If you would like to submit a question like Robert did, you can reach the show at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. If we read your question on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. That was a great question. So the score is three to two still. Chris, you have retained the power. power. So you get to pick between these two questions. Uh A Halloween mask that has lived long and prospered, which is a movie question, or will it be cinema soundcheck, which is a head-to-head challenge? Let's do uh, Star Trek. In 1978, during the making of the original Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween movie, the prop department was faced with a daunting task of finding a frightening mask that the villain Michael Myers could wear. Of the four masks that were considered, the one that they chose was of this iconic actor who famously played a police sergeant, a partner at a law firm, a captain of a spaceship, and much later became a damn good negotiator of cheap motel rooms. Who was this actor that became the face of Michael Myers? This actor, he's, he's starting to look a lot like his mask, <laughs> right? It's William Shatner. William Shatner is correct. Other options considered was a clown mask that they'd add fuzzy red hair to, a Spock mask, and a Richard Nixon mask. The Captain Kirk mask was chosen due to its appearance of having no real facial features that could be easily made out. Because the studio had such a small budget, they had to use the cheapest mask they could find. The $2 William Shatner mask that they spray painted white was perfect. 
William Shatner admitted for years that he had no idea that his likeness was being used for this film. He has since stated that he's honored by the gesture. So they used my mask on the movie Halloween to terrify everybody. I heard about it. And the next Halloween with my grandkids, they went out trick-or-treating. I went with them. I was wearing the mask. And they would go and say, trick-or-treat, and they'd usually get candy. One time, the guy said, get out of here. I went up to the front door and knocked on the door. The guy answered, he said, I'm sorry. And I, I leered at him with the mask, and then I yanked it off. And I stared at him. He screamed, shut the door. So that's five points for you, Chris. One point for you, Aaliyah. <laughs> it's okay. There's still plenty of time to make that up. Uh. Question is for Cinema Centric. For this question, I will give you the titles of tracks to a musical score of a popular Gen X movie. And you need to tell me the title of the movie that is from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, and that should give you some hints of the name of the movie. We will go back and forth between each player, giving a new movie title for each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. So this could be the game here. If Chris gets it, he might get an insurmountable lead. So, Aaliyah, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Good news is you get to go first. Here's your clues. This movie was released in 1988. IMDb calls it a comedy fantasy movie, and it was rated PG. So I'm going to give you the track title to the score, and you need to give me the movie title. Okay? Okay. Song one is called The Fly. Oh, so I'm just going to get The Fly? The track is called The Fly, and you need to give me the movie title. You think that this track is from its soundtrack? The Fly. That is incorrect. (laughs) It'd be pretty much on the nose. <laughs> oh, wow. That, I, I well, mean, it wasn't it, the what's fly going on a fantasy here comedy. It wasn't a fantasy There's not a lot of chuckles in The Fly, if you recall. That movie was <laughs> sad and gross and Well, I think awesome. about Jeff Goldblum. That was not my final answer. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Judges, mm. judges are going to record that as your answer. We have eight song titles, so we're going to go back and forth. You'll okay. another shot on it, unless Chris gets it right here. Track two was called The Wedding. Okay, 1988 comedy fantasy. Okay, well, I got to give you something, right? We're going to keep going. Yeah. Is it The Last Starfighter? It's not a Halloween movie. No, it's not. But it's The Last Starfighter was not a Halloween movie. <laughs> it would okay, make no sense on the special I episode. That, part. that is incorrect. It. Nope. Sorry, Chris. Right. <laughs> Aaliyah, back to you. Here's track okay. number three. Okay. Yes, please remember that this is the Halloween episode, so everything's going to have... <laughs> Okay, Some okay. Sort of spooky uh, something or other. Song number okay. three is called In the Model. So, so far we have In the Model, The Wedding, and The Fly. 1988. Is it Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice is correct. Yes. Finally. Huh. Well done. Okay, right. That was good. That was okay. good. In the Model. There you go. I did All not right. see that one coming. <laughs> Okay. The fact that I got it right or that? Uh, (laughs) Yes to both. The movie itself, yes. I don't think I would have gotten that one. That's very impressive. I wouldn't have, no. (laughs) Very impressive. Most impressive. The rest of the titles were Showtime. Oh, that one kind of does it. Yeah. Lydia Strikes a Bargain. Day-O. And finally, Sandworm Planet. Oh, that would have definitely given it away. By Lydia. By by the last one, I would have said Dune. 
<laughs> My wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? So this game just got a lot closer. Chris, you have five points. Ali, you have three. We're going into the final round of questions. Uh, Chris, you still have the power. And you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be okay. name that auto-tune head-to-head challenge or one, two, Freddy's coming for you, which is a movie question. Let's do the second one. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yes. yes. It's a movie question. Okay. Yes. A Nightmare on Elm Street film series is one of the most successful horror movie franchises in film history with movies released from 1984 to 2010. How many feature films are in this franchise? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, five movies, B, seven, C, nine, or D, 69? 69. Uh, Dude. (laughs) Um, Our kids say that all the time. Whoops. (laughs) Yay for us. (laughs) They have no clue. Okay. So anyways, I'm going to go with uh, nine. Nine is correct. Here's the fun fact. There is no substantial development in making the next movie in the franchise. Failures to reboot points towards audiences wanting Robert England to reprise his role as Freddy. But the actor, now in his 70s, has understandably retired from the role. Seems Robert England is the only one capable of really killing Freddy. However, if watching nine of these movies has taught me anything, is that Freddy always finds a way to come back, even if it's in your dreams. You are all my children now. Okay, so the score is now seven points to three points. Aaliyah, you can still win this. You can still win this. Okay, let's do it. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you need to give me the title and artist of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they will also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than are necessary. There are a total of three songs that you'll take turns answering. The regular rules apply for stealing points as well as the power. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. Aaliyah, you get to go first. You get a hint here that this song is from 1982. Give me the artist and title of this Gen X song. I wouldn't if I were you. I know what she can do. She's deadly man. She could really rip your world apart. Mind over matter. Ooh, the beauty is there, but a beast is in the heart. Oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes. She's a man eater. (laughs) Everybody dance now. Yay, hollow notes. Man eater. That is correct. (laughs) Judges, do we want to give her bonus points for singing it? I'm sorry, you still only get two points. But that was a great rendition. Five points to seven. You're only two points behind now, Aaliyah. 
right, let's do this. Bring it on. I'm ready. Can I, let me, let me go again. All right. Sorry. It's your turn. <laughs> this one's for Chris. Chris, this song is from 1984. Artist entitled to this song. When I'm in the shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair. Cause I might open my eyes and find someone standing there. People say I'm crazy, just a little touched. But maybe showers remind me of Psycho too much. Well, I know what it is. All right, I'll sing it. Ready? I, I always feel like Okay, so that is, I always feel like somebody's watching me. I think it's Michael Jackson. That is incorrect. Mm. Aaliyah, can you steal this? If they play it all the time now, too. It's like all the time. Even the kids know it. And I can't remember the name of the singer. Rock Bell. That is incorrect. Uh, I'm so sorry, Aaliyah. Rock Well is the name of the... Rock Well. That's right. I remember Rock Well. I was trying to cheat. My daughter told me Rock Bell. <laughs> I just repeated. That I Peter's never prosper, Aaliyah. Yes. Yeah, although you get some honesty points for uh, yes, pressing up. I was trying to cheat. Rock Bell. Rock Bell. <laughs> rock Bell is incorrect. No. Way, way better than Rockwell. Oh, that's yes, is Rockwell, somebody's watching me is the name <laughs> of the... Okay, so I got the song title right. You did get the song title right. Yes. Oh, you got to get it wrong. So the score is seven points for Chris, five points for Aaliyah. It comes down to this. Aaliyah, if you can get this correct, you will tie this game. Mm. Okay. For this one, we're not going to go with artists. We're going to go with composer and title. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. Composer and title of that song. I am drawing a blank. From 1993. 1993. I honestly have no clue. Uh, so are you saying I don't know? I, I don't know. I'm sorry, Aaliyah. That means you get slimed and you get a point taken away from you because you got to say an answer, if you recall. That's the rules. Oh, you have to oh. say an answer. You have to say an answer. Uh, well, no, you refuse to give an answer. You said, I don't know. You I got don't slimed. Know. I got that slimed. means you lose a point. Chris, can you steal this question for funsies? Jeez, man. I, I was thinking it was, that sounds like pretty close to nightmare before Christmas time. The only song title I know would be making Christmas. Mm. That is also incorrect, but it doesn't matter. Congratulations, Chris. You have won round two. Ugh. You get to pick which prize you'll be playing for in round three. Awesome. And you also have the power, so you'll be going first in round three as well. Congratulations. That song, uh, let's give a listen to it and see if you can identify it after I play the original. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween. This is Halloween by composed by Danny Elfman. 
What did I say? Making Christmas? Yeah. Said- Aaliyah, pull back the curtain a little bit. Well, even <laughs> if they give you a partial correct answer, that'll only be worth one point. And, and technically, <laughs> even if you got it right, uh, Chris owns the tiebreaker because he has the power. So. Oh. Bam, 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 bam. I've got power. Everybody dance now. Do. Bum, 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 bum. Bam, bam. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> But Chris, congratulations for winning round two. We're going to put your opponent into the waiting room while we take a secret trip to the prize vault where you will select the prize that the two of you will be playing for in the final round. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Stick around. More Halloween Havoc after this. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. Hello, darling. Glad to see you back. And glad to see you front too, but that's another story for another time. So Chris, let's take a secret trip to the prize vault. Okay. Round three. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to give me the responses for what they think are the most popular answers from Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The player who has the power, that's you, Chris, gets to answer first with player two unable to hear their responses. Player two will then have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever gets more points wins the game and goes on to claim a chance at their prize that the winner of round two has selected in secret. So, Aaliyah, we're going to kick you out again. So, Chris, you get one pass pro tip. Make sure you use your pass. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. What is the scariest movie of Generation X? Exorcist. What is the name of a specific candy that you wanted most while trick-or-treating? Kit Kat. But of course, that's the one I want right now, too. And I can't remember if they're back. Those are delicious. I love them. Name something used as a weapon in a slasher movie. Well, a good one is usually a machete. What was the best Gen X movie to feature a vampire or a werewolf? Well, Aliyah's going to say The Lost Boys. So I'll say Lost Boys first. No, uh, yeah, I Lost mean, Boys. You're not going to be kind to your wife? <laughs> really you're gonna steal that from your wife the bearer okay, of your children well, okay if, i'll tell you what yes i will <laughs> <laughs> name a trick that gen x kids might do to a house that didn't hand out candy on halloween oh they would egg it those rotten kids i didn't even do that i toilet papered but <laughs> let's invite her back think long and hard all right. All right, Elliot. This this is going to be difficult because Chris gave some great answers. However, it can be done. There's enough points left on the board for you to win. Okay. You get two passes, so make sure you use your passes. Okay. Okay. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. What is the scariest movie of Generation X? The Exorcist. Try again. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. What is the name of a specific candy you wanted most while trick-or-treating? Snickers. Name something used as a weapon in a slasher movie. A machete. Try again. An axe. 
Here's the one where you're going to get angry. What was the best Gen X movie that featured a vampire or a werewolf? Uh, Lost Boys. Try again. Jerk. Uh, let, uh, pass. Name a trick that a Gen X kid might do to a house that did not hand out candy on Halloween. Agum. Try again. Ugh, toilet paper. And we're going to go back to the one you passed on. What was the best Gen X movie to feature vampires or werewolves? Silver Bullet. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's invite Chris back in. You said the Lost Boys. Rude. <laughs> I was given the option to not say it too, and I said, well, I better say it. <laughs> Makes me feel so much better. Let's go to the scores. I asked you, what is the scariest movie of Generation X? Chris, you gave us The Exorcist, which was the number two answer worth 30 points. Sweet. Aaliyah, you gave us A Nightmare on Elm Street, which was the number one answer worth worth 33 points. All right. Things are looking up. I like to reveal some of the other answers people gave on Facebook for their responses. For the scariest movie, Generation X, honorable mention goes to Faces of Death, The Day After, one vote for Showgirls, and one one vote for Watership Down. Next, I asked... What is the name of a specific candy you wanted most while trick-or-treating? Chris, you gave us the delicious Kit Kat bar. So good. Which was the number five answer worth 10 points. What are those other four people now? Boosting you to 40 points. Aaliyah, you said Snickers, which was the number two answer, worth 33 points. Bringing the score 66 for Aaliyah and 40 points for Chris. Oh. The number one answer was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Hey, do you remember those commercials? Hey, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> hey, two great tastes that taste great together. This is peanut butter cups. <laughs> Side note, our facts of life list asked for the worst treats and popcorn balls made both of these lists, which was surprising. Pop- popcorn balls were very polarizing treat, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay, going to question three. Name something used as a weapon in a slasher movie. Chris, you gave us the number one answer with machete. Uh, I said that too. Worth 40 points while having the power, man. That, that's that's kind of a game break changer. <laughs> machete. Machete gives you 80 points. Aaliyah, you gave us the number five answer with axe. Was number one. No, <laughs> axe was number five with eight points, bringing you to a total of 74 points. Honorable mention goes to Power drill, dreams, a lamp, braces from Poltergeist 2, if you remember that. And finally, a sleeping bag. Those who remember Friday the 13th will certainly agree on that one. That brings the score 80 points for Chris and 74 for Aaliyah. This game sucks. (laughs) I asked you, what was the best Gen X movie to feature vampires or werewolves? This is where it sucks for you, Aaliyah. (laughs) Because it's some jerk person said the one movie you know that why? I would obviously you say. Why. It's because you didn't take the German Lost Boys post. <laughs> I've been holding a grudge for 15 years now. <laughs> Boom! Got you back. <laughs> Best served cold. How do you like them apples? <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate you. <laughs> I waited 15 years. 
I was too grown up to have it in our living room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would have served you well because that was the number one answer. The Lost Boys with 40 points, boosting Chris's score to 120. Any score over 100 is very good, Chris. So with one question remaining, you've already dominated. Oh, thank you. Aaliyah did herself no favor by saying silver bullet. (laughs) Werewolf. Yeah, there were werewolves in that movie for sure. But that did not make the survey giving you zero points for that question and leaving you at 74 points. (laughs) 71 points separates you going into the final question. Honorable mention for the best Gen X movie to feature vampires or werewolves goes to the thriller video. Love at First Bite and Transylvania uh, uh. 65,000. Oh, yes. The old uh, Nicolas Cage Ada Cockroach movie. That's Vampire's <laughs> Kiss. Okay, Love at First Bite. Is that the was none one. of the movies that you just mentioned. Uh, oh, yeah, that was the Nicolas Cage uh. one. No, no, it wasn't. I, remember, I saw Love at First Bite. No, that was um, Hamilton. Of, you know. <laughs> Richard Hamilton? That's not, that's a basketball player. What's his name? Uh, Ultra tan dude. Yeah, with the gray hair. Yeah, I can't think of his first name. Hamilton. George Hamilton. Yeah. Moving on to the final question. (laughs) Aaliyah, 71 points separate you. I asked you, name a trick that a Gen X kid might do to a house that did not hand out candy on Halloween. Chris, you gave us egging, which was worth 25 points, bringing you to a grand total of 145 points. That is a dominant score. Well done. Aaliyah, you need 71 points. Good news is you gave the number one answer with toilet papering. But is it worth enough points? What did Gen X say? I'm sorry. It's worth 30 points, bringing you to 104. That means you, Chris, you have won the game. You have doing your part to save Generation X. Congratulations. You're welcome, Gen X. (laughs) Hope you're happy. I'm mad. I really planned on doing well during this hey, whole thing. That was fun. That was really cool. Hey, Aaliyah, you played the game well. I'm sorry things did not work out the way that you hoped for, but did you still have fun playing? Oh, I had a great time. Candy! Gee, I got a candy bar. Boy, I got three cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. For winning round three, I offer a chance to prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Chris until I'm the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at the prizes that Chris had to pick from. So you had to pick from a Funko Pop figure of Bill Murray's character, Peter Vinkman from Ghostbusters. box. This is a porous igneous rock that bears a vague resemblance to Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. I could not find a Captain Kirk's face mask on eBay, but I did find Captain Kirk's mug on this Star Trek mug. Closest I could get. Sorry. That's a pretty cool mug. It is a cool mug. A Count Chocula figurine from Monster Cereal. It is not recommended that you eat this piece of plastic, but if you do, (laughs) it is guaranteed to not turn your poop pink. A Garbage Pail Kid card featuring a kid made of Swiss cheese being sliced up with a knife entitled Swiss Chris. I made sure it was spelled the same way you spell yours name, Chris. <laughs> sorry, Aaliyah. They don't make any with your name on it. I'm sorry. Of course they don't. Remember that scene in A Nightmare on Elm Street when the phone grows a tongue and tries to French Nancy? Oh, yes. 
Well, now you can relive that creepy shiz with this trading card depicting that moment in the movie. <laughs> I wish there was a poster we could frame it and put it on the wall. I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> the kids would be freaked out. <laughs> and finally, since this is the Halloween show, I tried to find the grossest thing on eBay that I could and add that to the prize vault. This listing simply offers a random person's toenail clippings. There are no details in the listing other than a random person's nail clipping. So, Chris, why don't you reveal to us what you picked and why? Swiss Chris. I knew it. Because <laughs> my, na- my name gets butchered so often that it's spelled the right way. And you said that you actually took the time to go find something that it was spelled properly. So I really do appreciate that. You got it, ma'am. So we have a thing on the show where you can either take the prize that you picked or you can trade it in for what's in this mystery box. Anything can be in the box. What's in the box? Are you happy with the card or do you want to trade it in for the box? Well, let's think about this. Shake the box as hard as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's non-shaker. And it's ready to ship, huh? I mean, not really, Uh, but this happened to be a box. (laughs) It's the only box I could find. You know what? Well, let's let's gamble. You know why? Because why not? Let's take the box. (laughs) What's in the box? What's in the box? You're going to pick the box, really? You're going to? Yeah, let's do the box. Okay. I mean, it's a game, you know? Let's got to have fun. Finally doing the box. Uh, everyone's been keeping what's what they've gotten. They're not gamblers. No, yeah, no one's gambled at all. It's probably something really cool that they're all going to be jealous about. Here we go. Ready? I got a rock. This episode's mystery box contains a 16 gig USB thumb drive filled with the judge's personal collection of all the 80s music you could ever want. Whoa, that's awesome. In true Gen X tradition of stealing music, this collection of songs was illegally downloaded off of Napster nearly 22 years ago. To be transparent, I feel I must also say that there are no songs from Metallica on this thumb drive, just in case Lars Ulrich is somewhere out there listening to the podcast. We will also throw in this this issue of Dynamite Magazine featuring Blair from Facts of Life, where she does the tell-all of the facts of her life. This was compliments of our friend, Samantha, who donated this to the show. So thank you, Samantha, for that. And we'll ship this out to you. You're an instant winner, Chris. Congratulations. If he wins, I win. This We're a great team. (laughs) The box. You opened it. We came. It's just a box. We'll tear your soul apart. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcasting enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you have chose to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so very much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook and our Facebook group of the same name. We post fun Gen X content there every day, and the community gets into some lively topics that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you would like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will say Gen X. Contributions there go directly towards keeping the show going, offering better prizes to the contestants, and all-around improvements for future episodes. At our Patreon site, you will see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show, so take advantage of those if you are interested. If you like what we're doing here and want to save Gen X from being forgotten and can afford to spare a few bucks, you can contribute there. Otherwise, please consider us next time. In either case, thanks so much for listening. 
So before we go, we'd like to give a shout out, some plugs to, for our guests, Aaliyah and Chris. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to say before we leave? Aaliyah, why don't you go first? I will say it's been such a pleasure to get to spend time with you after all these years. It was it was fun and we had a, a really good time. And uh, thanks for having us. And then I will say, uh, we talked about my dad earlier, Bob White's Karate Studio, still, still in the same place in, in Costa Mesa. They're on top of the hill. You could check out his his uh, Chuck Norris lookalike self on on the, if you look up, you're the best um, for <laughs> Karate Kid. And, oh, Red Ink Photography. My brother-in-law's photography mm-hmm. of uh, Santa Monica. Good. Nobody can see it, though. I just re- realized this is an audio thing. So, Sean Scanlon, that's all you get. You're lucky you got that. Redinkphotography.com. <laughs> well, if you want some beautiful photography, uh, you can check that out. Or if you want some instant Gen X credentials, you can go learn some karate from the dude who is in Karate Kid who got his line cut off, but he's still in there. That's some instant Gen X karma and credentials right there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have links to that in the show notes. Thank you, Aaliyah. It's wonderful to see you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Chris, anything before we leave? Do have a book that I came out with last year, the little children's book, Gravy Belt Bird Feeder. Oh, we'll have to send you a copy. So if people want to uh, check that out, you can go to the, we have an Instagram account at Gravy Boat Bird Feeder. Yeah, I got it. That book that, that's available through our website and we got t-shirts and hats and some fun stuff. Got another children's book coming out hopefully by December called Captain PJ onesie. Awesome. So yeah. great. Well, you can find all those links and details in the show notes. Please consider checking those out. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. If you know the answer, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me at who will save Gen X at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show, would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea like Robert did this episode, or would you like to become a contestant for the show, you can reach out to the judges at that email address as well. If we use your idea on the, or questions on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. Once again, that email address is whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. And now, this episode's cliffhanger question is, which iconic singer appeared as the Goblin King in the 1986 film Labyrinth? Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for a prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question has been posted on the Facebook group page, so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for the episode, everybody. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Anyway, uh, that's about it. I trust you enjoyed your little trip. I know I did. Till then, here's something to hold you over. Hope you had a safe, insane Halloween and, oh yeah, unpleasant dreams. Everybody dance now. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.